0: With us today is Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. You can also find Lisa at La Life, lahlife.com. Hello, Lisa. Hello.
1: And. Oh, hello. Hello. You know, one of the things about spring is it always puts me in the mind or reminds me that in, oh, the dogs like to bark, that in Ayurveda school, we were told that spring is the optimal time to pay attention to the lymphatic system. And that in fact, that was just sort of the entree, you know, that particular section where we were learning about the lymph system. Then what you really learned was you better keep your lymph system moving all year long. It's just that spring is the optimal time to think about it because spring is a time when it could potentially get more cloggy since, as we talked about over the years, spring is a time when things tend to get cloggy. So that's because snow is melting, rain is coming, and it can get a little muddy and cloggy. You want to get the systems flowing and open and free, and you want to get moving, and you want to get rid of all that stagnant stuff that you built up over the winter. And so it just is the right time to talk about the lymph system. And I don't think we have ever specifically talked about the lymphatic system before. As many years as we've been talking about strategies for dealing with stress, here is a primary strategy for dealing with stress. And it's not because it addresses directly the idea of, I'm anxious or I'm stressed out and I'm tense, you know, what we all think of, and here's a way to get rid of it. No, it's a much more fundamental conversation. It's um, And also, you know, in America, in the West, we don't tend to look at the lymph system. We look at the circulatory system. We look at the nervous system. More and more now people talk about the enteric nervous system. We think of those because that's where symptoms primarily show up. You know, you get sick and you start to think about those systems, but you don't think about the lymph system, which is really like the sewage system. It's like the flush system and it's actually the largest system in the body and it flows all around but it doesn't have a pump of its own it's got a clear fluid that flows around the body and it flows through the lymph nodes and the spleen and the tonsils and glands uh, throughout your body keeping things clean it flushes out the systems and it pushes things like the toxins that it finds in the blood cells and other areas, into the kidneys and liver where they're filtered and processed and they get out of your body. So it's an integral part of the way that your body processes the toxins that we introduce into it. And if you don't keep it clean, think love canal. (laughs) right? So a clear, healthy river flows and the water is so beautiful and crisp and clear you can drink out of it like a glacial stream, Um, you know, when you're hiking up in the Rockies or something. Uh, Or it can be the Love Canal where it's like a cesspool where it's stagnant and it gets gunky and blocked and it stores things in those nodes. So when, you know, you hear about different kinds of cancer and that it has invaded the lymph nodes, the first thing you think is, ah, I wish we could flush those out. We want to keep things clear and flowing so that nothing can stagnate and bacteria and gross, gunky yuck doesn't become a breeding ground for disease. So that's sort of the overview, and that's the non-medical, because I am not a medical doctor, overview of the way we learned about the lymphatic system in Ayurveda. And in Chinese medicine, they also pay a lot of attention to the lymph system. I don't know much about Chinese medicine, except to say that, you know, in Ayurveda, we often make parallels to it. So I know that, I think when they talk about damp in the body, um, they're talking about cloggy lymph. So... You know, how do you know if you've got cloggy lymph? Well, I get a lot of clients and hear a lot of people talk about very basic common symptoms which have no other derivation. A doctor can't figure out what's going on because they're very generalized and they are the result of kind of toxic dump wasting in your body and not getting flushed properly. So things like brain fog, feeling heavy and sluggish, For women, heavy menstrual cramping as well as breast tenderness, that's a symptom of, that's a signal actually that your body is sluggish. Um, Headaches, joint pain, just imagine anything that feels like it could be caused by a gunky blockage and, and you should probably be looking to the lymph to see how you can clear it and free it up and get it flowing properly. Um so they say that fruit allergies and people that get frequent colds and flus um those might be other symptoms um acne, cellulite, those kind of things. So when they say, you know, oh, you know, your digestion's not good so you're getting a skin breakout what you really may mean is your digestion isn't good, but your digestion isn't good as it is related to this big overall system that helps your body flush and clear the toxins. So does that feel like a conversation you've ever had before? Because most people look at me and go, Lymph, you mean like the lymph nodes? I know that because my cousin had cancer and had her lymph nodes removed. That's our Western perception for the most part.
0: Yeah, um, I know that's the Western perception. I, I didn't slot it that way, but no, it's a conversation that I have had. Um, and, oh, and that's because you're all
1: knowing and all seeing. No, it's not. It's because <laughs>
0: I believe, no, but seriously, uh, I, I believe that a couple of years ago, we, when you were in Ayurvedic school, we touched on it. But I think what we need to do is synthesize it and, uh, you know, bring it into, shall we say, wider um, uh, dialogue. Right, and so
1: why I brought it up today, because as I said, the spring is a really good time to be thinking about it, because a lot of the prescriptions, if you will, for getting your lymph moving, and keeping it moving, and keeping flow in your body, are also the conversations that we're having in the spring, as I mentioned before, when it is a time, when it is, in Ayurvedic terms, kapha season. And kapha season means when the good kapha, because, you know, vata, pitta, kapha, these are all not necessarily bad things, but when good kava goes bad, you're looking at stagnation and gunk and clogging. So that's why in a a season which is predominantly of a kapha nature, meaning the nature of the season is to do those things, you want to be on extra special alert and lookout for keeping those systems clear. And we're now you know heading towards the center of that season we're right in the belly of that season so you know how we talk about the the shoulders of the seasons as being good transitional times to either start thinking about or start implementing ideas about those natural nature of things now we're in the middle so now is really the time to say okay Let's address these things now so that when we get to the shoulder of the next season, which will be the pitta season, the summer season, the hot season, we will have already cleared these systems. So I think that the two basic things to remember, which, as I say, are, you know, we know these things. We just don't know them in relation to the lymph system and we don't know them in relation... And the lymph system sort of explains why those things are so important. But the two biggest things are really stay hydrated and then the overall umbrella reduce stress. Reduce stress. So the way that we do those things, staying hydrated is, is, is an easier one to understand. Reducing stress, well, how do I do that? Um, the answer, the big answer I always feel like, well, there's a couple of big answers. So in in overview, they're breathing, moving, self-massage, brushing, and eating and drinking for the seasons and for the time and for the purpose. So with the breathing, what you have to remember about breathing is that it enhances movement of the lymph through the organs of elimination. So when you're doing deep breathing, you're enhancing your body's ability to Allow these different organs to function. The skin, which is the biggest organ, the kidneys, the liver, the bladder, the small, the large intestine. Those organs need to be working properly and we need to oxygenate them because the oxygen is what helps our bodies to make those systems work and make the flow happen. So, nice deep breathing practices, and we've talked about a number of them. You can look on the website and find a number of practices that you can listen to and learn. Or, just do a really simple one, like matching the lengths of your inhales and exhales. And that's such a simple one to remember, because if you're just sort of in the middle of your day and you feel yourself doing this kind of shallow breathing, remembering to match the lengths of inhales and exhales gets you focused on your breathing. And also, you magically then start to breathe a little more deeply. So you're bringing in that nice, clean oxygen, and you're, as we say, breathing out the toxins. So you try it. Breathe in and give yourself a little metronome. Give yourself a count of four. And it doesn't matter how fast or slow the four is at the moment because you're just trying to match the breath. So do four. Inhale one, two, three, four. Exhale two, three, four. Right? So or you can take a count of six. So inhale two, three, four, five, six. Exhale two, three, four. Five six inhale two three four five six exhale two three four five six so you can see that just by starting to do that you're going to be breathing more deeply more consciously more fluidly and that is going to start getting that lymph going you're going to start oxygenating the body the white cells everything in your body needs that to function properly so that's like number one Number two is keep everything moving because stagnation is the enemy, right? So, um, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, there was this little fad about the mini trampoline. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. You know, that comes and goes, the mini trampoline. But the mini trampoline is a fantastic one. And as I I have one, and I've had it for a long, long time, and my kids always think it's just the bomb – but when I pull it out and do it or when it's sitting in the yard because the kids are playing on it and I remember to go jump on the mini trampoline, you can feel it getting everything going in your body. You can feel the energy releasing. You get a tingling feeling and you just get going. So if you jump up and down on that thing for five or ten minutes, you feel everything moving in your body. And that is the lymph. The lymph has no pump of its own. It's not like the blood circulatory system, which is pumped by the heart. It has no pump of its own. So it needs to get pumped by various activities. So the mini trampoline is like a really fun one. There's a Qigong move, which is called burying the pole, I think they call it. Um, They have such good names for things in the Chinese practice. They do, don't they? (laughs) They really do. So that one, you jump, you sort of jump up and then you, boom, 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 you let yourself settle down into the ground. And as you do that, you can literally feel energy dislodging in your body because you start to feel a tingling in your arms and legs. And that's when you know that, quote, chi or energy and along with it, the lymph are moving and circulating and flowing in your body. And that's what you want. And speaking of which, you know, that's why it's it's so – I I was – driving through Chinatown really early, catching a plane in the morning, and there in the park, you know, in one of those little nasty New York parks was a group of people practicing their Tai Chi in the morning. And it was so beautiful to watch. It was all just about movement and flow, and you could just see them getting things going in their body. And these are not triathletes. These are not people that look like they're going to go out and run a marathon tomorrow. These are just ordinary, a lot of them were older, people doing these incredibly beautiful fluid movements in unison as a community. And I just thought, wow, I remember that's a, that's a beautiful thing. You know, the, the way yoga has evolved in the West, and this is actually my current post on the website, we just, it's exercise, you know, it's like an exercise program, but it's not a beautiful rhythmic in most practices anymore exercise program. And so recently, after watching that Tai Chi, and since Tai Chi is not the language of my movement in my body, yoga is, I've really been focused in my morning practice on the fluidity and the, I I think of it as a kind of elegance of movement that just keeps going. And I envision things moving in my body and, and muscles contracting and, and and releasing and doing all those things and all those things are the things you need to get the lymph flowing so that's just my little moment of inspiration about the poetry of movement in the body and it's kind of a metaphor but it's also a reality
0: are people receptive when you talk about it
1: well i don't know people are, i've either put everyone to sleep right now or they're I'm listening not, and going wow that I'm, sounds
0: great i mean
1: individual clients Yes. Oh, of course. Yes. Because, you know, I have a self-selected group. So when people come to me, they're looking for solutions and answers. And, you know, I feel like I bang on about the same stuff all the time. So I try to just phrase it differently because the basics are there. The basics are you need to be breathing. You need to be meditating and going quiet in the mind and letting just the functions of the body and the way that the mind body emotion spirituality link up take over for a while so that we get out of our head and just get into a flow and so yeah i think clients are receptive because they're looking for ways to improve the way they feel emotionally and physically and these to me are just beautiful keys to that so you know when you're looking at your yoga practice and lymph we're talking about the rhythmic tensing and relaxation of muscles in general so particularly good yoga poses, inversions, twists, legs up the wall, you know, sometimes I'll feel like my legs are just heavy, like I'll feel stagnation in my legs. So you go over to the wall, you scoot your bum close to the wall and your legs straight up it and you lay there for a while. And that is an inversion. You don't need to be doing some fancy shoulder stand which, you know, can get into your cervical spine and hurt your neck. You don't need to do a headstand which I always find hurts my neck no matter how many teachers tell me I'm doing it wrong and therefore I should just switch it this way and do it right. Um, You know, no. Simple. Easy on the body, especially an older body. I mean, when I was young, I could flip into any of those but, you know, I'm I'm of a certain age and so, you know, I really have come to appreciate how simple... (laughs) <laughs> and basic, that is. but um, So say that again for those of us who are of a certain age. Um, legs up the wall. So when people say, ah, we need an inversion, we need an inversion. Um, you know, inversions mean getting the heart in reverse orientation to where it usually is. So you want the blood flow in the opposite direction. So headstands, shoulder stands, but those are very difficult on the body, hard on the body and potentially dangerous the way many people practice them. So legs up the wall, fantastic inversion Vipariti karani. You scoot your butt up to the wall, you're laying your torso is laying down away from the wall and you just put your legs literally up the wall. And just hang out there. It's a supported posture because the wall is supporting your legs, so it's it's really great, Um, and I would highly recommend it. Does that did that make sense to you?
0: It does. I just uh, you've you've sort of gotten me mentally on a track where I'm curious about um, different poses that people you know people. I don't know if you've noticed, maybe it's just me, but things have become so overcomplicated and layered and, you know, divorced. You mean in yoga, yoga, yoga in land? In life, life, life land. Oh, wow. Uh, so yeah. food, oh. look, you know, food here, you know, a chicken pieard that's then dipped in orange glaze and then oh, yeah, minced yeah, 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 yeah. sardines oh, and yeah, then a couple of yeah. kale flakes. And
1: oh, gosh, so just keep it really simple, yeah. So I've
0: legs up the wall. <laughs> right, so what I'm thinking about is how many yoga poses might there be that people of a certain age, or failing certain age, a certain limb—I'm uh, making up a new word—a limberity level? Yeah, um, you know, could actually do uh, that. They they probably aren't because they think that they need to do twenty. You know, those those well, headstands and the cervical. Huge, right, so
1: huge conversation, especially in yoga land, because we're also you know there's like all that what do they call it, the, the selfies where oh. people are posting their incredibly impeccable yoga poses. Well, you know, at my age, I suppose at one point I did those impeccably complicated, beautiful yoga poses, maybe not as beautiful as some people. But, you know, it's irrelevant. It's what your body can do and what your body needs to be doing. The, the net result that you need from the yoga is, well, look to the yoga sutra. It's stiram sukham asanam. That's all that the Yoga Sutras, which is the great text about yoga, says about asana. The only thing it says about postures is that one little phrase. Everything else is about what yoga really is. Right. That's all it says about the physical postures, and it means sweet, steady in your posture. So what that means is that whatever posture is feeling sweet and you can keep a good strong hold on it without hurting, and so you can feel the flow, you got it, that's it. So a simple inversion, you can be sitting in a chair with both feet planted on the floor and you can twist gently to the right using your arm as a lever over the back of the chair. Come back to center. Inhale, exhale over to the left. Inhale, exhale. Use your arm as a lever pulling you around. And then inhale, exhale, back to center. That is a twist. It's a perfect twist. And that almost anybody can do. I have done those twists with uh, stroke victims, with people in wheelchairs. And it gets them moving in the right direction. It creates that twist and inversion in the body without being in a pretzel twist, without the kind of crazy stuff that younger and really competent yogis can do and likewise that legs up the wall brilliant it's perfect and you know as i said i started to say about my own practice in the morning i my yoga practice in the morning is incredibly simple stupid i mean i just do what's called sun salutations i do them i add a couple of twisting variations like i just described just wherever my body feels like it needs to be more open wherever i feel like i'm stuck or sticky and you use the breath to find those places. You very consciously breathe into your body. You let your mind and your breath be one. Okay. So just imagine that your mind is riding on the breath and you just flow that in all the way down to your fingers. And as you're thinking about the idea of your breath flowing down to your fingers, because that's what you're doing, right? You're not really, the breath is really in your lungs, but you're thinking about the breath moving through your fingers. You can sort of identify places where you feel stuck or tight or knotted or have a real cramp. And then you can concentrate on releasing that. So there's no mystery If you just pay attention to your own body, if you just go within, and breath is the greatest vehicle for doing that. Let me run through the other quick things because that's a whole conversation. But So you want to be breathing, you want to be moving, twisting, flowing, jumping on your trampoline. You want to brush and balm. Back to my (laughs) daily practice. You want to take a body brush and you want to just lightly brush towards the heart because that's the way you'll flush that lymph system. You want to Gently brush the skin, and then you want to take, at this time of year, sesame oil, great. Um, or a body bomb made for this purpose. Um, and you want to just gently massage, again, upward motion towards the heart. So all the skin towards the heart. Um, and the dividends are huge, and you can read all about the dividends of that. But it, you'll feel great. Your skin looks great. People will say you smell good. It's all kinds of good things. Um, and then eating and drinking for the seasons. So, you know, if you're eating and drinking for the seasons, and as I've told you, this is spring, then you will now be eating and drinking the right things, the right way to get that lymph going. So it's antioxidants, like fresh raw fruits. On an empty stomach, the enzymes will do their cleanup work. Greens for the chlorophyll, raw nuts and seeds for the fatty acids, and like tart cherries. I love them. I cook with them. They're not the sweet kind. They are tart cherries and other red foods give you the antioxidants that you need. Um, So at this time of year, you're talking about pungent, bitter, and astringent tastes. So those are sprouts, watercress, um, the things that I've just described. You're staying away from sweet, sour, salty, which will restrict the flow. The sweet, the sour, the salty are the sticky, gunky, heavier things that... Will impede the flow rather than impel it. So the uh, pungent, bitter, astringent are what get things flowing and opening up. So dandelion tea, hot water therapy—you know that thing I always talk about to get things flowing. Um, So sorry to rush through that last one, but that's really those are that's really important because those are all the systems of your body. Once you're breathing, moving, brushing, embalming, and eating properly, then you've addressed all the symptoms and then your lymph system will come into play and do its job of keeping your keeping no cesspool activity in your body, keeping the sewage flowing clear.
0: Thank you very much, Lisa Headley, Ayurvedic practitioner, founder of the Mayflower Spa. Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Lisa can also be found at lahlife.com on the web.